Hi, everyone. This is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts, only this episode is slightly different. I've been releasing multi-part episodes when my conversation runs long, as it kind of always is, and when I interview someone. But um, this week I decided to start doing different things. Instead of just cutting the episode up into sections, instead I'm releasing small parts of the, of the excess audio from the main episode that will drop Saturday in little mini-sodes. Now, unfortunately, I'm starting with me talking to Jordan McNamara from the UTH podcast, and it seems like every little section had some piece of information that I found interesting, valuable, or entertaining. And so, like, I've got four at this point, and I can't promise it's not going to get bigger than that, but that means I basically have something to drop every day this week, so that's pretty cool. But this section is actually my favorite, at least so far, um, and from my memory of the conversation, this is this is it. Um, we get to talking about draft capital and landing spot and how it's over and underweighted sometimes. I love how Jordan's come to the same conclusions in, in an entirely different way, like polar opposite, and also applying it in different way and liking different players based on similar conclusions. Like, one of my consistent themes has been that we overrate situation because it changes in the NFL, and that's one of the things that we can't know. It will change next year. It will change within a year. And Jordan gets to that same conclusion when looking at landing spot. And I'd never really looked at it the way he reached it, but it was really interesting to see him say that. And something I I think I've been consistent on, maybe I'm misremembering now, but that um, we overrate landing spot too much, or, or situation too much at least. Um, he loves draft capital. I hate draft capital. What do we think of Nikhil Harry? That's in this section. By the time we get to talk about Devin Singletary, I'm like, well, this isn't a mini-sode anymore. It's a virtual episode, but I don't want to cut any of it, because what we were talking about kept bleeding over into talk about all these individual players. And I just I just kind of love the way this section of the conversation came together and the way it sounds afterwards. Like, it, it was really good, I thought. Um, two people that have drastically, not drastically, but different ideas about what to value, how to value there, but different processes getting to the same conclusions, applying them both in good ways, and yet still liking different players. That, to me, was, I mean, that's what we want to do, right? Have a good process, but like who we like. Um and so that for me, like, it was wonderful. I really enjoyed this part of the conversation, um, and I didn't want to cut any of it. So sorry, even this introduction's running a little bit long for, an in- for a minisode, but I was really excited um, when I listened back to it about how well I thought the conversation went. I think you guys are going to really like this bit. Um, let me know if you do. Let me know if you like the minisode idea rather than dropping multiple parts, just taking sections from excess audio and dropping them at different times. I think that might be better than always 
having an episode unfinished until you listen to the next part. Anyway, um, here's me and Jordan talking about landing spot and draft capital and how we got to some conclusions about it, how we use those conclusions, and even a few players from last year's and this year's class that we're applying them to. Um, so yeah, check it out. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks very much. And I'll see you again in the next one. Bye. I'm, I'm already starting to think I could talk to you for way too long. So like <laughs> in an it. effort to, forever. I would love to, and maybe we'll have a multi-part episode, but in an effort to like try and see an end um, in the future. And also I feel like it might be a blind side. So I, I try not to do it, but where I don't plan, I was just thinking like landing spots really difficult. One of the things like, I've been trying to create a bunch of things this off season as they do. I think we all do every off season, but landing spots, one of those tricky ones where most of the things we know to value seem to get it wrong. Like I forget which were the two teams. I think it was Baltimore and Washington last year. Mm-hmm. Like everyone thought Baltimore is the worst possible landing spot for wide receivers because, you know, they don't have a throwing quarterback. They just have a rushing quarterback, but everyone loves Josh Allen for some crazy reason and but i was like guys washington is a place you don't want your wide receivers to end up because this is a non-smart franchise with Mm -hmm. similar problems only they don't even have a potentially good i didn't i didn't see the upside the 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 upside we saw in 2019 for lamar jackson but i thought it could be good and now stompy um Last year's the former uh, Scott Fishbowl champion definitely saw Lamar Jackson coming, and that's another f- a quiver in his hat. Um, but I definitely thought he could be decent. I didn't understand the reason for trashing him. And Baltimore historically has been one of these smarter franchises. So to me, Washington looked like a bad landing spot, whereas everyone seemed not – I say everyone. I've got a really tiny bubble. You, Whoever listening <laughs> to this probably didn't. Obviously, you're smart. And Jordan didn't because he's smart. But, like, I heard a lot of, I hope they don't go to Baltimore. And I was like, you really, and I hope they go to Washington because there's so many targets available, even though they're not things laying on the ground, people. But, like, it was the opposite for me. And so how to value a landing spot is really tricky because a lot of the things that we want to value actually almost have an inverse relationship. Like there being a lack of talent on the depth chart is not actually a good thing for a player going there because they good players help other good players out. If you've got a good running back, it means the team's getting into the red zone more often, which is definitely good for wide receivers. If you've got a good wide receiver, that's presumably attracting coverage, but it's also creating more first downs and more chances on the field, which is also good for the wide receiver opposite on him or in the slot or anywhere else. I mean, it's a tricky relationship on any team, but there being a dearth of talent definitely isn't a good thing and not just at the quarterback position. And yet sometimes a player like Terry McLaurin can walk in and have an amazing season for a rookie. And I'm saying that because I owe it to him because I spent all offseason trashing his his rookie profile. So is there anything, like, is there a landing spot right now that you kind of secretly hope, or don't, not so secretly, like you've written about it maybe, um, that uh, running backs or wide receivers end up on? Because I haven't seen any this yet. Last year, the Washington-Baltimore parallel really struck me. I haven't, none have occurred to me this yet, but do you, do you have any thoughts on the best landing spots for this year's class just kind of throwing um, a whole bunch at you and like here jordan deal with this <laughs> I'll, I'll i think we overweight landing spot uh would sort of be oh, my, really? my initial take I, I think we overweight landing spot and so uh, you know you 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 know we were sort of talking earlier and what's the one thing that if i could tell someone to you know to look at it's draft pedigree 
right? I think I think where you go in terms of the draft matters a lot. When you go is a lot more important historically than where you go. Um, I think we're really bad at at projecting how good an offense is going to be um, outside of really good quarterbacks, right? Like we know that, that the elite quarterbacks tend to stay elite for a long time. Like there's a certain, there's a certain level of expectation that those guys just continue to produce. Um, but even them, like, and, and we could get into an Aaron Rodgers debate, I'm sure. Um, I'm not going to sort of step on that landmine, but everyone coming into last season was like, oh, whatever, whoever their wide receiver two is, is going to, is going to be really good. So you get people taking shots on their wide receiver two, And, and that ended up becoming a dud proposition, um, even with Devonte Adams out, right? Like that, that wasn't a lucrative thing. And so, but yeah, I mean, you, you get, <clears throat> you get these, these situations that, you know, people, I just think people overweight them. Um, and, and there's so much that can change. I mean, just think of like, uh, just, just think of how much has changed in the last, you know, year, right? Like Odell Beckham Jr. Got traded, like, um, uh, you know, Antonio Brown got traded twice, right. Or, or traded once and then caught and then ended up on a different team. And then, um, you know, that's not even to count his stop in Buffalo, right? Like, and you, you know, you now you got DeAndre Hopkins. Like you have seen, you have seen multiple wide receivers that are in like the top ten get tr- of of rankings when they did this get traded. And when you think about that, like that is a uh, things change quickly. Uh, things change quickly, and and I don't think we're particularly great at predicting them. Uh, and so much of it is about like variance, right? Like. Uh, we can explain, we can try and explain what happened last year, um, but it's e- equally possible that it was just a, it was a variance that, that occurred that, that put someone at the high end. I mean, who could really have, you know, is, is Lamar Jackson an 8.9% touchdown rate passer? Like, is that, is that like, is that what we're going to take from him? No, I don't think so. I think it just like things went well. Uh, and so, and those things happen and that's how quarterback ones happen, right? That's, that is what the quarterback one typically produces, you know, <laughs> almost <laughs> always, right. That unexpected top five quarterback has this exceptional touchdown rate. Can right. Newton and Matt that, Ryan's done it twice. And right. it's just like, we can't predict that. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, and it's something like, yeah. And I actually, I wrote about it in the book. Uh, and I, I, it's cause I wanted to see this, right. Because like, and it's funny cause I write these things and then it, like, it became, <clears throat> like I wrote the book, like I'll like I started writing the book in like May, and I had some like some thoughts I wanted to look at and, and those sorts of things. And I said, you know, let's let's look at, at let's look at what the quarterback one does and sort of the regression in that. Uh, and and now, of course, it ha- it actually happened. And there was a bunch of these things that I wrote about that that ended up becoming true. Um, and so. Like, but that's one of them. Like you, you just, it's really tough to predict situation because so much of it is, is variance. And and so I, I, but one thing that has consistently been true, um, and your data has helped me with this. Um, what the first thing that's consistently true is that draft pedigree matters. And the other thing that I look at is, um, you know, 
breakout age. Uh, and I just, I just, for wide receivers, I just took the, the threshold of 20%. You know, it's in your data. I use your, your spreadsheet. Um, and I said, you know, just give me the 18 and 19 year olds. Let's compare them against the, the 20 and 21 year olds um, and compare them against the guys that don't hit. Right. And if you just do that, right, that, that'll give you an edge, you know, that'll give you an edge. Um, and so I just, I look at a lot of those things and, and I think historically, if you were to take um, just the, the guy that was drafted earlier in the draft, that's going to give you an edge uh, in terms of your hit rate. And, um, and I don't think we're great at predicting landing spot a week before the season, let alone six months or, you know, right now, you know, saying what landing spot's going to be great. We just don't, there's so much that we don't know and we can't control. It's really tough to say. It's amazing. I hate so much of how you got to the exact same conclusions of me. It's <laughs> unfathomable. Um, for a start, thanks for trying to give me the Jordan and McNamara bump, but like, I'm hopeless. Don't worry about it. Like, you don't have to say my data was useful to you. I appreciate it. Not like you didn't no, know. It's, it's what I like, use. It's what I use. <laughs> more and Sean Siegel told you that years ago, I'm sure. But yeah, I do try and track it for us layman's out here trying to keep up with you guys. Um, and yeah, it does give you an advantage. But <clears throat> the reason I say like I hate uh, the way you got there isn't because I actually hate it. But like um, I've been saying the exact same thing. Like situations change. Don't like mm-hmm. it's too much changes in the NFL to go. This player's tank because he ended up on Tennessee. And then A.G. Brown happens. But I said the same thing about Corey Davis, and that didn't work out. So that feeds into that bias. Like, situations change way too much to put too much into it. I'd never thought about it in terms of landing spot, but that's a really good point. Like last Um, year, too. Like, last year's a great one. Like, coming into the season, and I'm guilty of this. So, like, I'm perfectly guilty of this. Devin Singletary, I said there's no way. He produces in 2019. There's no way he's got LaShawn McCoy. I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm a Bills fan. I'm from upstate New York. There's no, like, he's a, like a leader on their team. There's no way that he's not going to be there. He gets caught. They had TJ Yeldon, who I thought clouded the, I mean, and this is looking, I mean, this was in July and August. And I said, wait too much TJ. Yeah, like I'm TJ Yeldon, right? Yeah, and he's done in the NFL. Like, there's no way he's going to jump him. Like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Like, Frank Gore's still there. Like, he's he's he might not even be active on game day, and he's by week five or whenever you know he he ends up getting he's in there basically playing half the snaps and then gets hurt and then comes back and is their bell cow is a big word for it, but he's their lead back the second half of the season, right? Like you, and on the flip side of that, everyone was like, oh like Todd Gurley might die. Like that was like the narrative, like Todd Gurley's like might never play football again or something. Um, and people are over Daryl Henderson at like one Oh five, like, okay. Like uh, that, that didn't turn out. And is there some bias in that? Sure. Like whatever, but like those things, like we, we sort of make these big declarative things. I mean, Hakeem Butler, like, you know, all of these things where we say, Oh, this is a great landing spot. Like maybe, and maybe not like, and, and if we ran it back a thousand times, would it be the same? Probably not, you know, but you just, uh, just historically betting on landing spot has been a bad proposition. And even like, even when you look at it, like, so I, I, in the book, I went and I dove into like day three wide receivers. Cause I was interested to see, like, I'm interested in whether the market gets it right, because if it does, like there's value there. And if it doesn't like there's value knowing that too. And Going back to 2008, 
the only time that the market has gotten the the top has has hit on basically the wide receiver one um, or the the top drafted uh, the highest drafted in rookie drafts day three wide receiver it has only happened once uh, and that was Mike Williams from Tampa Bay every other time they've gotten it wrong right and so you just think about and it, when you look at like the hits on day three like on average they're like the tenth wide receiver taken in a rookie draft tenth day three wide receiver taken in a rookie draft like that's that's pretty low odds you know and so you just sort of look at that and and you just that there's so much in there that we don't know uh and can't control for um so i would just you know that's that's a big thing on me is i don't i i think the pedigree is more important than the landing spot it goes back to the part that I hated. Like, I hate that you value draft capital so much. That's like anti-me, okay? Like, I take it as a personal affront, not really. But, like, <laughs> I hate... Uh, like, I want T.Y. Hilton Stephen Diggs. Like, I know the late drafty guys are less likely, and they're more likely to break out a little later, and therefore more less likely to give you more for their career, and they also have lower ceilings. Um, but the ones who hit it, man, they are so cathartic for me that I just keep looking for it. Like, I'm getting to the same conclusions, but I'm looking for the opposite things, and it's 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 frustrating, man. Also, you just made me find a start that I like about Devin Singletary, so I hate you for that, dude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, twelve percent of his college receive college team's receptions at age eighteen. I was like, oh, that's good. Crap, uh, I forgot how much of my Devin Singletary hate was because I really had hopes for T.J. Yeldon. By the way, um, like I know this about myself, like I'll. Like, if I go in on something, if I really want something to happen, like, I have this, that bias stays with me. Yeah. Like, totally. I will forever be too high on Nikhil Harry. I will forever be too low on Devin Singletary because I wanted TJ Yeldon to happen. Like, I carry this shit with me, man. It's like baggage. And I shouldn't. But, but I, like, it's hard not to. It's I so funny, like, like the... Yeah, like, that whole draft class. Like, the, the guys you're talking about, it's super interesting. Like, I... I for me, like the hairy thing too, was like something I never got in terms of like, I got the profile. Like I, right. I got like the profile's fine. Like I get the profile. I looked at the draft capital and I said, all right, well like, let's like, give me the guys that finished in the top three of like ADP historically uh, as wide receivers. Like what's their draft pedigree. And on average, it's like nine and a half is like, pick nine and a half in the NFL draft. He was more than three standard deviations outside the average. And I said, I can't, I can't do this. Like I can't. And, and like by far too, like he was a full standard deviation outside of like Des Bryant and Laquan Treadwell who went, I think pretty close to each. I think they went to pick apart or something like that, but he was like as, as far of an outlier in terms of dr NFL draft pedigree for a top three pick at wide receiver. I just said, I, you know, I, and that was funny because like, that's how I ended up just saying, I can't pay this cost for this pe pedigree. Um, and so I sort of, I avoided it, but it's a, it's interesting. Like I, I sort of take the profile and then I sort of try and associate the cost. And I think that's what's given me um, some success and try and I, I don't, it might not even be trying to hit more. It's trying to miss less. Like I, I say, Thank how do you. I avoid? How right? do I avoid miss? Like, give me the landmines not to step on. We are and, way too addicted to this idea of you know what's the hit rate. So like, give me the miss rate, man. Like you, you got to be worried about stepping on those landmines yeah, a little bit more. How do, 
and how do I avoid that? Like, how do, what are the things that I can do to avoid it? And so like, um, yeah, so like, that's, that's a big thing too. Like, what are the types of profiles to avoid, you know? And, and a lot of times it's not picking like even, even a good, like in, and the, my favorite things in all of dynasty are when people are like, Oh, look, rookie picks suck. And I'm like, well, I'm like, if you associate them with the startup costs, like it might be eye opening in terms of how much the startup picks mess too. Um, and you sort of look at that. And I think, uh, you know, that's one thing I see a lot that, that kind of cracks me up is, is that narrative. He, he hasn't written it up yet. So I don't like, I might be misquoting him, but Michael Zingoni from DLF, he recently was talking about research he's done to show that wide receivers drafted in a certain round, um, a certain range along with rookie wide receivers actually hit a lower rate than those rookie wide receivers. Um, and so that's like kind of opening to me, someone who strongly like you leans towards players who have already done well in the NFL and liking older players. Like I want, I really look forward to him writing that up, but also just a little, you know, draft pedigree defense here. Like Nikhil Harry is still better than all the guys you want from last year, according to draft pedigree. Okay. Yeah. He was picked 32, but that's better than Debo Samuels at pick round two, pick 36, AJ Brown round two, pick 51. Like the draft capital just, yeah, it fails too. All right. Like, okay. I'm defending Nikhil Harry here, even though like I've spent, the last few weeks trying to convince people like the his first year matters more i love his profile i'm always gonna want to be too high on it but right now i don't think people are adjusting enough for rookie season because like and justifiably when we look at rookie wide receivers we say the first year no one does anything that's true but they do they, they do do something that that's all i need something <laughs> um Wide receivers who do as little as Nikhil Harry did in this first year, like it's basically a 0% hit rate and 100% miss rate. No matter what mm-hmm. draft capital, no matter what rookie profile, like it is bad. And that's coming from like team Nikhil Harry train leader last year. Like blame me for all the Nikhil Harry shares you get. If you, <laughs> Probably not me because you're listening to smarter people than I do, even if you listen to this podcast. But like... I, I fully would have told you to draft Nikhil Harry over any wide receiver last year and did repeatedly and loudly and arrogantly, and it missed. So I'm taking like, but that rookie year, NFL production is just more valuable than um, uh, than college production. And so one of those arbitrage opportunities you, you were just mentioning, I always look for rookie wide receivers, wide receivers who do something in year one, but fall in value weirdly. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a pole, Twitter is gold, play run fold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, no. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, no.
Repeating numerates the plays, they're analytical.